Blessings. This is Pastor Walter and Maribel Arias welcoming you to the podcast of God of Covenants Christian Center. We hope this time is a blessing for you. Make sure you subscribe to get new messages every week. Enjoy the message and embrace what the Lord has for you. This week's episode, titled Worry and Anxiety, A Mortal Bacteria, by Pastor Walter Arias. Let's listen to the message, and may God bless you. And there, rejoicing as you are, let us lift up a prayer. And I invite you to close your eyes wherever you may be. There in your home or in your office or wherever you may be watching in this moment where you're receiving this, we want to commend every living soul before God. Lord, your word tells us that we present ourselves before you with prayer, with supplication in the spirit, with thanksgiving. Your word tells us that you're the rewarder of those that seek you. And in you, we confide in you. We have put our hope in you, Lord. You touched our hearts for salvation. You have justified us through the work of Jesus Christ. You've equipped us to be instruments in your church and through your church in a community. And Lord, you've given us given us authority of over principalities, over powers, and over scorpions, your word says, the church, Lord, that you have designed has authority to trample on serpents, to go against every work of the enemy. And in this morning, Lord, we with the power that is in us through the work of Christ Jesus in us as his church, we ask, Lord, that it is you, Lord, healing the land, sending healing, sending blessings, and giving wisdom to the human being, the intelligence for these difficult times, Lord, for these times of pandemic, for these times of death or threat of death. Lord, send that supernatural peace of yours to the hearts, all of those that are afflicted, those that are in storms, those that have suffered this damage of death, where they haven't been able to see their loved ones. Give them comfort in this moment, Lord. Lord, the news that runs from one place to another of people that are infected by this virus and for other sicknesses and for other types of death, Lord. And those family, Lord, then are not comforted, then you be their comfort, Lord. Touch their hearts, touch the fiber of their soul of everyone. Send provision to those that are in desperation in this moment. Provision of healing in the soul, but provision financially to be sustained, Lord. There's many families without employment, Lord, in this time. And we ask for them, Lord, and we ask you, living God, that it be you in your mercy sending the provision daily and above all take control of the emotional part in everyone so that they don't get into desperation and they can deal day and day without worrying about tomorrow and today in your name we rebuke every work of the enemy we rebuke every dart of the enemy that comes 
that tries to bring thoughts into the mind of your church and of the community that comes to encrust itself to damage the thoughts, to take them to a desperation. Today, we rebuke every work of the enemy. We declare your mighty word and your powerful word and your anointing over every soul. Thank you, beloved God. We believe that you are with us. And I ask you that by your spirit, that you move in each and every heart, in every house, and every place that these people are watching. Touch, 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 touch there. The soul of every person of those that are connected in this moment with this word and in this time of worship, Lord. And we give you all the glory and all the honor and all the praise in the mighty name of Jesus. And there where you are, where you are, give the glory to God, the living God, the mighty God in this morning. My beloved church, how great it is to be able to worship the ministers that are here in this time that is so special. We do it as the word teaches us that we're members one of another. And the part that we can do as members, we surrender it. Everyone in their gift, everyone in their talent that God has given them. And we do it and we understand that where you are, you could be an instrument of God. And in fact, you are. Where you are, you're a person that can help transform not even your environment, but you could bless the church in prayers. Bless others with your attitude, with your behavior. Thanks to you for your faithfulness to God and to be connected with your church in this moment. Through this signal that God allows us in his favor. And in this morning, I want to share a topic, but I want you to please, that you listen to me very well what I'm going to read. Streptococcus pyogenes. Streptococcus Pyogenes is a bacterium, listen well, that causes necrotizing fasciitis, which is a serious and progressive infection that very quickly destroys the skin and the soft tissues, muscles and connective tissue that stretches throughout the body. This bacterium can cause multi-organ failure and its prognosis largely depends on an early diagnosis and the immediate aggressive treatment, including even surgery. We're speaking of the bacterium, which is known as the flesh-eating bacteria, very popular in these parts of Florida. And with this plenty of lakes that are contaminated, a bacteria that it says here clearly that is found in these waters and it affects a person and it impacts it impregnates in a small incision that that person has a scrape or a cut and even and maybe even in a surgery could appear and this goes devouring completely the skin of the person and it starts to eat the soft tissue and going and if it doesn't have a treatment listen well if this bacteria is not treated immediately if it's not detected the damage that it could cause is tremendous it could go little by little, destroying the whole skin, the muscles, and listen well. It can even convert into something lethal because it goes to the organs and the person then dies. Important to detect it at time. Important to treat it aggressively to be able to destroy it and to stop it in its process of damage to the body. And I want to read a portion of the Bible today. There, can you please take out your Bible and open it? to the gospel according to Matthew in chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. And scripture says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food 
and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap, nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you, are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So, why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore, do not worry saying, look in verse 31, it says, therefore, do not worry saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first. Verse 33. I want you to there to say it loudly with me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. And read that part, that final part. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Jesus is emphatic, warning us about worry and anxiety. He was emphatic. The process or the plan of God for the humans is a plan of peace and blessing. God, and let me say to everyone clearly that God is interested in that you have peace in that your life be a life of blessing. God is not interested in damaging the life of anyone. God, in fact, wants to guard us and keep us. And because he wants to take care of us, he gives us steps and he teaches us. God is concerned about your your body, your soul, and your spiritual part. Worry and anxiety that is man, man, managed badly, it's almost like the flesh-eating bacteria. Listen well. A worry that is mismanaged and an anxiety that's mismanaged, it's almost like a bacteria that is like a flesh-eating bacteria that starts consuming little by little. Worry and anxiety can be dangerous and even can be lethal if we don't know how to manage worry, if we don't know how to deal with anxiety, then this can be lethal to your life. Why? Because it destroys your emotional part, your thoughts, your feelings. It takes you to a state of stress and you could get sick physically. And not only that, but in a case of crisis as such, you can even desire death. How many people commit suicide? How many people jump off of a bridge or shoot themselves in the head? How many people or they take to a, a poison so that they could die? Why? Because they're in a state of oppression. There is in a state of anxiety and worry that is now critical. Anxiety, and let me allow you what the dictionary says. Anxiety, the definition. And and worry are synonymous. It's a continuous, excessive, and intense worries and fears in everyday situation. So anxiety as such is a 
preoccupation, a fear that is great of a situation that is presented to us daily. Jesus, our Lord, desires our well-being. And worry and anxiety as such, we need to understand understand it to be able to manage it and to see what God says in respect to it in the word. And let us enter there in the text. And we will see that God is telling us there in that text that that we're not going to have worry or anxiety. But what he's preventing of tomorrow, because he says every day already has its own damage. Every day has its own problems. And I think the word is very appropriate in this time. And I think that we are here and those that are home watching, we could understand that it's very appropriate for a time of crisis, for a, a time of world crisis, of a collective damage because with respect to the pandemic, not only is death or the threat of death in all of society, in all of humanity, but also there's a collateral damage because there's an excessive of, of activities. Then something dwindles that all or on a high is what dwindles is the economy. Every human being needs an economy because every human being needs to be sustained. And all of us that live in great cities or medium-sized cities or small cities, when we live in communities where there's more than 10 people, then we need a financial manner uh, or resources as such. And those resources then is through businesses. With the pandemic, all this has dwindled. And as such, this situation of stress, the emotional situation, the situation of worry and anxiety can lift up even greater than the normal in each individual. And there, if Christ is not in your heart, then this is very interesting, all of this that's happening to all. So to deal with worry and anxiety, Jesus in his word teaches us or gives us several guidelines. And then not following these guidelines, then that worry and anxiety can be converted into a type of bacteria. So you get an hysteria. So you could understand it, an emotional bacteria that starts to destroy our thoughts and can take us to a chaotic state, a dangerous state, and even a state of sickness and of death. The word teaches us in this text three things, the value, the method, and the result. Listen well, the value, the method, and the result. Jesus there speaks to us of those three things in this reading that we just did. Value. The first thing, value. Why value? Value because it speaks of the birds. And it says that the birds did not plant or harvest. And they don't store in barns, but God feeds them. But in other words, God gives them such a great value that he gives them the daily provision. Remember, once again, the topic today has as a title, Worry and Anxiety, a Mortal Bacteria. <laughs> worry and anxiety. And in this subtopic of value, it also speaks to us of the lilies, those beautiful flowers that appear. And it says that they, not even King Solomon was dressed as a lily. Like not even Solomon with all his glory was he dressed so splendidly as God allows there in a plant and a beautiful flower. If God gives value to the lily, then he also says that he gives us the value to our dressing. God gives you 
God gives value to the things and he gives us a value. And he, and he speaks of the grass there. And it says that the grass, in a moment, God allows him to come out in a beautiful green, but in another day, it's cut and thrown into the fire. So if God gives the grass a beautiful color and lets it grow to be then thrown in the fire and a lily to be seen better than King Solomon, and then he allows a, a bird to fly every day and to just get what it needs that day, then it's to say that God is all interested in what he's created. But in that value, Jesus speaks that we have a greater value than that grass, than those birds and those lilies. And we speak there of a text, Matthew 5, verse 45, and listen well, and if you could find it, that you may be sons of your father in heaven, for he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. The just and unjust. So we speak here of this text that there's two types of people according to scripture. A just and one that's unjust. One that does the what's right and one that does what's wrong. And scripture is emphatic that God makes it rain on both. So the sun doesn't come out only for the good. It also comes out over the bad. The sun and the rain, it comes upon other. In another way, it's speaking of a God that provides, a God that has mercy, a God that extends the blessing. But in this text, in verses 30b, in the original text of Matthew chapter 6, it says the following, and I want you to find it. Matthew 6, verse 30, a question he makes Jesus to the disciples. Will he not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? When he's comparing the birds, the grass, the lilies, if God takes care of all this, will he not then for you do more? Men of little faith, O you of little faith, he says. And analyze who's he directing himself to. He's speaking to a the group of disciples, a Jewish community, a community of promise. This is a very interesting text because there's something that they were. They were children of promises, a lineage of Abraham, and God had given them from old times. He took them from Egypt, listen well, from slavery. He opened up a sea and they passed on dry land. And in the wilderness, he gave them laws. He gave them manna. He accompanied them. He gave them a he gave them provisions in the wilderness. When the waters were bitter, he gave them the answer so that the waters could be sweet. They came to a place where they didn't have to drink. They hit a rock and the water came out of the rock. So something that God is showing is a God that accompanies the people that he chose by grace. He accompanied them in the whole trajectory. He promised them a land and he took them to that promised land. And when they got to that land, there a river, a Mansa River, in its time of rain, he allowed them that it would stop and they went through dry land. Listen to this. And there he gave places. He gave them places. This is the God. Jesus is speaking to a Jewish community. He's saying, you, if something that you have is promises. So he's comparing the just and the unjust. And there, there's something that we have to understand. In Galatians, the Apostle Paul, in chapter 3, verse 29, says the following. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed. 
and heirs according to the promise. And I want you to read it once again. If you and if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Because you may say, well, Jesus spoke to a Jewish community. I'm not Jewish. But I ask you, are you a child of God that you accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior? Because the word says that those who receive him and who believe in his name, he gives them the, the right to be called the children of God. So we're for children, then we're also heirs of the Abrahamic promises, the promises that were given to the Jewish people in the Old Testament. So everyone who accepts Jesus as Lord and Savior, they become now a family of that Abraham's family, so you could understand it another way. So Jesus is speaking there to a group of people that were a race of Hebrew that came from a chosen lineage, that they came from a tradition of a God that provided for them all the time and that saw them worried for food. He saw them worried for clothing. He's seeing them worried how we're going to do for tomorrow and what are we going to do after tomorrow and how we're going to do in a month or a year. So Jesus analyzes them and he confronts them and he says, and of little faith, don't you see that we have been with you? And when I say we is that we say we is because God has manifested himself from God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit from Genesis. is to say that God and your chosen children by the grace of a race that was chosen. And he says, men of little faith, but if you're a believer, if you are a person that has accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, the promise is also for you and for me. It's for both. And if the promise is for the Hebrews and for the Gentiles that we have accepted Jesus Christ, then the question should be, if God doesn't give us value, you have a great value. And I want you to be to know at home, wherever you are, that you can understand the value that God has given you. God gives you a value greater than the birds, greater than the lilies, and greater than the grass. God gives you a value, and he's saying to you, if you're a child of the promise, then how much more are you not worth? I want you to have this in your heart so that you can you can dwindle any grade of anxiety or any grade of frustration or worry that in this situation that's adverse, that perhaps maybe you're being affected greatly. This word has as a purpose to help you in this time of difficulty, to help you to dwindle those things of the soul that want to be dis unfocused and want to be damaged. If we're heirs, then we should live as such. If you're an heir, then you should live as an heir. We should give ourselves the value that God is giving us. Let us not allow that this bacteria of anxiety eat our thoughts. Don't allow that this bacteria that it takes you to a state of desperation. The same one that is the worry. What am I going to do tomorrow? How am I going to pay the rent? And if I lost my job, if I fell in the 25 million of people of the United States and that are unemployed or as many millions, if I fell in one of those that I no longer have a job, what am I going to do in a month? What am I going to pay my house that I've had for 20 years? Are you understanding, church? Are you understanding where you are? If you're a child of promise, you need to start to grow in faith. That's why Jesus said to them, continue. 
continually, he would he would reproach the faith. If he reproached something to the, to the disciples, it was their lack of faith because they walked with him that he did the miracles, the signs and wonders, and then in a little while they doubted if they could rebuke a plane, uh, rather a uh, rain, or they were doubting if a storm would enter into their boat. So continually they had lack of faith. They had a balance or imbalance that they had to be in a dimension spiritual that even though that they were with an emotional part, Jesus would say your emotional part, you have to bring it to the spiritual part. If you believe spiritually, then, then that emotional part will work itself out and say in your house, I am valuable for God. Jesus paid a high price for you. If you don't remember, then I'll remind you the value that Christ paid for you was great. He paid a price of blood on the cross of Calvary, the just for you, the unjust. And that gives you a great value because he paid a great price. Take that aside. It is finished because you have a value in this pandemic, in this crisis. It's the same value from the cross. We have a great value before God. And that's where I want you to get into in your heart. This portion that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples. It's the value. Let us go into the method. The second point, the method. When I say method, I mean the way that Jesus tells us that he wants us to live because Jesus wants us to live in a certain way. He has established that that the promises that those that accept the grace through Jesus, that they live in, in some standards and the plan of God is for every human being is that humanity be saved through Jesus Christ. And when we accept Jesus, if something happens in our life, is that God starts to give us a form, a way. Not only does he force form us in our emotional part, but he dictates in a way to live in this land and to live in the situations or the circumstances, because not everything is a bed of roses. The same way the sun comes out, there's some torrential rains that fall. And sometimes there's times of provision, just like there is of scarcity. But there, God wants us to live in a way. And how does he say in verse 33, the first part? In Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is the way then of God for the church? For you. What is the way? That you first seek God. That you and I first we get interested in our spiritual being because if we're not interested in our spiritual part, then our emotional part will be super vulnerable to any circumstance. When we grow in faith, when we affirm ourselves in the faith, when we get into the way of God, when we decide to seek God, when we pray, when we seek, when we read, when we repent, when we bow down, we're seeking the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God and his righteousness is what we need to establish in this life. This is the way, the method. This is the method that God wants you to live from now on and how he's wanted you to live always. But this word is getting to you today. He wants you to give interest in his way because this earth dictates if you have a lot of money, if you have a lot of position, if you have a lot of profession, if you know a lot of languages, if you have a good house, if you have a good car. That's what the world dictates. That's why the Apostle Paul says, do not be conformed to this world. Transform yourselves through the renewing of your mind so you can understand what is the good will of God and that will of God is acceptable and perfect. Analyze this. 
if something that God is saying there to disciples, he's saying, look at the way. Stop being worried about tomorrow. Better yet, be occupied of what the truth is and what I tell you, my kingdom and my righteousness. You need to occupy yourself of your spiritual life and be at the feet of Jesus. And for that, I want you to go to a biblical text in the gospel according to Luke, a text that's very known, chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It's a story that's famous. And it says, now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me. And Jesus answered and said to her the famous word. Read it there. Martha, Martha, you are worried and troubled about many things, but one thing is needed. Listen, well, needed. And Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So how can we understand this text? So that Jesus is speaking there of the way in the context of the story that we spoke of not being worried about tomorrow, the day of tomorrow. This scripture, this additional scripture, it's empathetic with that itself, because here. There's a situation, a daily situation of every person is that every person we like to occupy ourselves. And here it's not speaking, not necessarily about something bad being occupied. Here speaking about the heart that you give to the occupying of what you're being occupied in. Then to the reason to understand that you have to have a spiritual life before that. I want you to understand when Jesus says to Martha, 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 you're worried and troubled about many things. But Mary chose the good part. It's to say that Mary chose this to look for the spiritual part. Mary chose to sit at Jesus's feet and it has a sense. Jesus came through a region and he came according to the Luke. He came to the house of a woman that's named Martha and Mary and being there, he starts to speak with them. And one wanted to understand what he was saying. Wanted to take advantage of the spiritual moment, the master, the teacher, the prophet that they spoke of, the one that's known, the one that's famous, the one that does so many miracles, the one that speaks of the kingdom of God. That prophet is in my house in this moment. What do I do with this prophet? So both did two different things. One sat down to listen to him. It was the moment to listen to him, while the other was a diligent woman, as all of us should be that organizes her house, that takes care of her house, that tends to her bed or cooks or takes care of a person very well. The Bible says that we be hospitable. So Mary was at the feet. Martha was being a good, a hospitable host. But in that moment, it was about to be at the feet of Jesus, of the to be at the feet of the Lord. Listen, well, I don't know how you are in this moment in your house. And forgive me if I get into even your house or into the place that you may be. Because I'm giving this place a place of high. As pastor of God of Covenants of Christian Center and where this signal may go, I'm giving this a great and high place. And the ministers that have come here have given this a great and high place. We took advantage to shower early, to come here early. And to organize ourselves early for this spiritual time. Are you accommodating yourself in a correct way? Did you get ready 
to be at the feet of Jesus in this word? Are you still are you still folding clothes while you're doing listening to this word? Are you doing the things? Are you vacuuming while you're listening to this? Are you moving or moving boxes or moving things while you listen to this world? Because if something happened there to Mary, she was at the feet, but Martha was listening, but she was more occupied in her situation and how to organize and how to attend than in listening the word. I want you to understand what I'm saying. There's a time for everything. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. There's a time to do your occupation. There's a time to pick up trash. There's a time to fix the bed, but there's a time to sit at the feet of Jesus Christ. That's the way that Jesus is speaking to his disciples. You need to understand that to be preoccupied, to be worried or anxiety is going to kill you. It's going to take you to where it should not be, but you need to first seek his kingdom and his righteousness. It's what Jesus is saying. It's a method a way. The occupations or preoccupations are things that we cannot have it. We're not saying that. Every person, we are all occupied. Jesus was occupied of things. His disciples were occupied of things. They had to eat. They had to fish. They had to make evangelistical uh, crusades. But also there was a time where they prayed and where Jesus took a time to rest, where Jesus took time with him and his father in intimacy. And that's what Jesus is saying. First, seek the king kingdom of God and his righteousness. Paul spoke some words to Timothy, his uh, disciple in one of the letters. He says that the exercise for the exercise for the body is good for some. He's saying that that body exercise, and he's speaking of a context where they were gladiators, where they were people that they liked gymnasium, like they still like today, the physical, you know, exercise. But Paul, in that context, and he speaks in Timothy, in one of his letters, he says that exercise for some, he's not saying that it's advantageous. He's saying for some, he's saying because he's comparing it with time. He's saying, because this has a benefit for this earth, but the spiritual is good for you for this earth and for the coming kingdom of God. That physical exercise is not bad. Riding bicycles is not bad. Going to the gym is not bad. To do activities is not to be something bad, but what it is, it's not as good as the spiritual exercising to pray, to bow down, to cry out to God. And I will say, like I always say, to cry. Oh, how good is when one cries before God? You know what happens? Your anxiety leaves. Doesn't the word say, come to me, all those who are heavy laden and burdened, and I will give you rest? Doesn't he say that we should take on his yoke because his burden is swift and quick? He's speaking to some disciples that were occupied of something that they should not after they were thinking about the day of tomorrow, of their accounts, of the ways of what is going to happen and how it's going to happen. And Jesus says, no, that's not the way. The way is get in with me. Are you getting in with God? There where you are. Are you with God? Are you in with the word? Are you giving priority to the word? Are you giving priority to the word during the day? In the day, do you take that time to seek first? When it says seek first, there's two ways to understand that. Or you are seek God first in my youth of life, because some of us get to God when we were 25, others when they're 28, others when they're 50, others at 60. We didn't give him the first. Because to give him first, 
It's then from infancy. I didn't have the blessing that some of the youth here in the church have had, that they have been raised in a Christian family with scripture because I was raised where there was no scripture. We were religious, but no Bible. But there's people that were raised in their homes with a Bible. Are you giving your youth the first to God in your life? Because Jesus said, first seek my kingdom, Jesus said, and my righteousness. And then I'm going to paraphrase it so that your university arrives correctly. So that the car that you want to buy, you can buy it correctly. Because if you're going to get married, you can get married correctly. Because if you have to travel, you have to travel correctly. Look at what Jesus is saying. First, seek his kingdom and righteousness. And the other is to do it first in the day. What's the first thing in the day? What When we wake up, what do we do? Is my prayer, is my first speaking or my first thought is to speak to God? Or is I leave it from the second, the third, or the fourth, or the fifth thing? Analyze and evaluate. What is God is trying to say there? The Apostle Paul to the Philippians, the following, in, in chapter 3, verse 12. Not that I have already attained or am I already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me to grab hold of. Not that I've reached it or attained. If something Paul had clear is that his relationship with God was today and tomorrow, he was going to seek his relationship for God tomorrow. That today was sufficient for today, but he was going to continue persevering with an intimate relationship with the Lord. And that's what we have to consider. That my relationship with God yesterday passed. Today, I need the kingdom and righteousness of God today because today I have the problem because today I have the worry because today I have the anxiety and the way of God says, seek me first. Are you with me? I hope that you're receiving there. And the kingdom and his righteousness is to see heaven as our goal because righteousness is what we do on this earth to seek first the kingdom of God, the way of God, what's of God and his righteousness so that we live righteously in a way that is righteous, in a way that pleases God. And I ask you where you may be. What you do, does it please God? Make an evaluation. This is something very personal. And how beautiful it is that when you're there privately and you can meditate, this is what this preaching is about. This is what this time of the spirit that we be confronted, that we be taught, that we be ministered, and that it gives us hope. The hope is that God listens to the cry of a repented person. The hope is that we can change. And then the question is, are you a person that's righteous? Do you do righteousness? Do you do what's good and right before God? Because in this time of crisis and pandemic, it's a good question. Have you done what's good? You could ask yourself, have you done what's good before God? You know what? Then you could rest in peace. But if you've done something bad, if you haven't given God his time or given your life to God, then there's something to be occupied about is to be thinking about him and saying, Lord, I repent. I ask you then where you may be. Are you a person that seeks his kingdom and his righteousness first or do you leave it for the last? The first day of the week, listen well, is Sunday. 
Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. How good it is to give Sunday. That's why the believers, the Christian believers, we worship on Sunday. We worship on Sunday. Why? Because it's the day of resurrection. It's the day of a new beginning. It's a day where everything starts. Christ resurrects. He gives life. So we dedicate the week Sunday. Are you dedicating it correctly? That's a good question. And let us then finish. And we see here in this topic of anxiety and worry, a mortal bacteria. We have seen of the word of the value that God gives us that he wants us to remember as his children. But also the other is the method of how we should live. And then we enter to the last point is the result. What is the result of the value that God gives us and the method that we want to live? He gives us value and he says the method is to first seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And the result will be this. And all these things shall be added to you. And when he says all, he says all. I believe this word. It says all. What is that all? It's a supernatural peace is the first thing that we need. When we get in with God, we receive peace. When we receive, when we get into the word, when we read the Bible, when we study, when we try to memorize verses, when we get in, we get confronted and we cry for a bit. We receive peace. The mind is freed and the ideas are clear. And when the ideas are clear, we can live daily with the situation that we have to live, with the worry that it may come or the anxiety that arrives, because the circumstances will always cause a great of worry or anxiety. But when we have all of this of the kingdom and righteousness of God first, and the result is a mind that is ready and appropriate to deal with daily living. The provision comes also. It speaks of food and clothing. That's why he said the birds of the air, they eat. And your children, how are you not going to eat? The lilies are dressed so beautiful and the green grass as well. Then how much more you are not going to have your sustenance. So God is interested in your sustenance. But if you get into the kingdom of God and his righteousness, the result is that these things will come because they will come. Leave tomorrow. Let tomorrow be worried about tomorrow. If every day brings its own burden, annoyances, problems, and worries with the providence of God, then there's also going to come encouragement, strength, and provision. And I repeat it. Let tomorrow worry about tomorrow. Live today, today. Today's Sunday, then live today, Sunday. And worry about today. But don't worry about Monday because Monday's another day. So if tomorrow, Monday, or whatever day it may be, the other day brings its own burden, annoyances, problems, and worries with the providence of God, we're going to resolve this because the providence of God will give us for tomorrow encouragement, strength, and provision. If today's trouble and torment is renewed tomorrow, so then our God's mercies also are new every day. So if we have a difficult situation and tomorrow that situation comes again, so then the God that helped me today will give me strength for tomorrow because his mercy is new every day. As Lamentation says in chapter 3, verses 22 through 23. It says, through the Lord's mercies, through the Lord's mercies, we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. If something is new every day, 
It's the mercy of God. Understand that. If you every day are going to have worry and problems that Jesus is saying, in fact, every day brings its own worry. He's saying that every day brings its own mercy as well. Every day God wakes up or doesn't stay asleep, doesn't fail. He's not bored. Like, no, God continues with you every day. You have to take this in your heart. Are you receiving it? I hope that you're receiving this word for you. I hope that this word takes uh, settles your nerves that dismantle the anxiety, the worry, and anguish in you. And I want to conclude, and to conclude, that worry or anxiety can damage our minds and our emotions, just like the flesh-eating bacteria that consumes the skin. We need to pay attention to the symptoms of worry to the symptoms of anxiety. And when we pay attention, then we should combat them quickly in the way of God and the way of God. The anecdote is the word of God, the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You take care of doing what's correct and right before God every day and live in peace and forgive what I'm going to say, or you die in peace that day because you did what was good and right before God. And that's what counts at the end. The other the current problem or need must be dealt with day by day. And scripture says sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Every day has its own problem. So deal with the problem of the day, but fill yourself of the Lord in that day. But think if God, the kingdom of God and his righteousness are your priority today. Analyze it is the kingdom of God. Your priority every day, was it yesterday? Was it today? And then tomorrow you ask your question because we leave that. And analyze that everything that is material in an instant can be gone. Like this. Every material, every thing can change in an instant. 25 million people in the United States have lost their employment. Our financial advisor of our home had spoke and said they still estimate 10 million more and that's only in the United States 35 million then people that are going to lose now think of all the people on a worldwide level that problem is a reality and in a moment everything can change that's why the Lord Jesus said to his disciples seek first the kingdom of God today because today everything can change and if we get in with God and his peace he will give us the strength to deal with this actual and situation that we have and make the spiritual changes, the necessary ones today and every day, of course. But today, make the changes that you have to make. I hope that this word brings you to a level of reasoning where you could say, and this am I doing good and this I'm not and this no and this more or less. I'm going to correct this part of my life, my spiritual part, the basis. Jesus is not mistaken. If you're the one that loves God, if you're the one that accepted Jesus, then accept him in his lordship. His lordship says means his way because he's the chief. He's the ones in charge that we seek him today, that we occupy ourselves of him, the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all the other things will be added. And I want to finish that a healthy life maintains a spiritual, emotional, and physical balance. A healthy life maintains a balance between what's physical, emotional, and spiritual. And Matthew Henry, the commentary, says the following. Let us refer, therefore, to the moral strength to do the tomorrow's work. 
and bear tomorrow's brethren. This does not forbid a prudent foresight and preparation accordingly, but a perplexing solicitude and a prepossession of difficulties and calamities which may perhaps never come. And as I say it in another way, like someone said, 90% of our dislikes are a mere product of our imagination. Tell me if that's not true. If one is disliking, they make a lot of scenery in their mind. When someone has a situation with someone, your mind makes a movie and you start to make all these stories. And then when you least expect it, and that person maybe didn't answer because they didn't see the phone. Maybe they didn't call you because such a thing. And one thinks all other things. Look at how dangerous the mind can be. Live every day in peace and allow me to pray. There where you are. Good God and good King, Lord, we give you thanks for this opportunity, for the opportunity of your word, for the opportunity, Lord, of listening, Lord, your plan that you give us value, that you have made us children, heirs of divine promises, that you have grafted us into the Abrahamic tree, that we should increase our faith and understand that you are the priority your kingdom and your righteousness and also lord that you want us that we can enjoy of the things that are added which is your continual provision and the continual answers for every day's promise i bless the congregants i bless the church i bless those that are there in their homes in their places in this moment asking that the supernatural peace arrive to them and this word does not return void, but that it fulfill its purpose for which it was sent. Heal their land, heal their mind, heal their emotions, heal their families, enthrone yourself in every house, Lord. And that person who has not accepted you as your Lord, as their Lord and Savior, and touch them in this moment and enter there and save them through that marvelous work of Christ on the cross. In the name of Jesus, and all of us say where we may be, amen and amen. May God bless you greatly. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We invite you to look for us in the social networks such as Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram. Search under the name Dios de Pactos Florida. We hope this message has edified you. And please share with others. Have a wonderful day.